Welcome to Experience Junkies. On this show, I spotlight meeting and event professionals, global travelers, jet setters, and more to relive the moments we never want to forget. More importantly, we'll attempt as best we can to transport listeners to transformational points in our lives, sharing our observations and emotions behind these stories. By diving into the indelible impact these experiences have had on us, we decode small takeaways about how to be better humans than we were yesterday. On today's episode of Experience Junkies, I am joined by Marissa Chesluck. Marissa has an awesome adventure story to share with us today of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yes, the summit in Tanzania, one of the highest summits in the world. What's surprising from our conversation is that this experience actually taught Marissa to be less ambitious with her goals and to be more content with the small everyday successes of life. So I promise you will really enjoy this conversation. Sit back and relax and listen to my interview of Marissa Chesluck on climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Welcome back, Experience Junkies. I have a special treat on our episode today. I am joined by Marissa Chesluck, and she has a great story about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, real small feet. Um, So I'm so excited to have you here, Marissa. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dana. I'm so excited to be here with you. Wonderful. Well, before we kick off, give the audience a little bit of background. Tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am a wife, I am a mom, I am a friend, and I'm a leadership and executive coach. I am here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, I spent about 20 years professionally in higher education administration and finally reached the peak of my career, thought I was good to go, thought I had reached my ultimate success point, and um, felt completely burned out. Three years ago, I had submitted my letter of resignation and walked away and took a career break to kind of just spend some time figuring out what I wanted to do, kind of a midlife crisis almost. And so now I work with brilliant women who are kind of at that point that I was wanting something more and want to stop compromising who they are in the process to get that. Wonderful. Amazing. Well, we're happy to have you today and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Setting out to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, like that's a super ambitious goal. How did that get on, you know, your vision board or your list of goals to accomplish? Yeah. So, um, I have always been kind of a goal setter and a goal getter. And, um, I had at that point, I had done a couple of marathons. I had done a half Ironman and I was kind of like, okay, now what, what's, what's next? (laughs) What's next? (laughs) Um, and so I kind of always been a big, you know, go big, go bold kind of person. I went to this event actually for my church and they were talking about Africa and Kilimanjaro and I just became kind of very fascinated by Mount Kilimanjaro. And so fast forward a little bit, I had a friend who had just returned from climbing Machu Picchu in Peru and um, she knew that I had kind of taken this interest in Mount Kilimanjaro. And so we started talking and she, um, hesitantly, but agreed to, to pursue this, um, goal with me. And so, yeah, that was in like a November, December, and we went in June of the following year. So a pretty short ramp. Uh, what was your hiking experience before, uh, setting out on this goal? Yeah. So I had always been an avid hiker. I like to be outdoors. That is the mountains are my happy place. 
But yeah, so we set out to do this. We had, like you said, kind of a short ramp up period. The thing about Kilimanjaro is that you can't really fully prepare for it, especially where we are here in North Carolina. The tallest mountain on this side of the world, this side of our of the country, is not even half the size of Mount Kilimanjaro. I think it's like wow. 7,000 something feet mm -hmm. and Kilimanjaro is 19,341 feet. So we spent a lot of time just doing back-to-back -back day hikes. We went and climbed Mount Mitchell um, just in the mountains east of, or west of here. We did a lot of, you know, seven, eight-hour days of climbing. And then we'd get up the very next day and climb again just to kind of get our bodies in that space where we were ready to do. We did an eight-day hike of Kilimanjaro. So we had to okay. kind of get our bodies ready for that. Yeah. Eight days. And our minds. <laughs> Exactly that, exactly yeah. that. After deciding to kind of embark on this journey, you kind of talked about the physical. Give us an idea of like the mental preparation, the logistical and the psychological aspect. Yeah, I think I, I always told people this when I would do, you know, people would always say, Marissa, I can't believe you run marathons. And I'm like, I know this sounds really wild, but 26.2 miles for me was always easier than 3.1. And why I say mm. that is because you kind of get into this groove, you kind of get into this headspace where you just kind of start to overcome it. But it's that first three or four miles that's so hard and so painful. So once you can kind of get past that, it just becomes kind of your body's like, oh yeah, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what we're supposed to do. But really those big goals are 95% a mental game. Um, right. And that was true on Kilimanjaro. The thing about Kilimanjaro is that you're out there. We were out there for eight days. So it took us six days to get to the summit. And then it took us two days to come back down. And you're out there climbing, hiking for, again, you know, anywhere from three hours a day to seven or eight hours a day. And we were with a small group, but oftentimes you're hiking alone. You're walking alone mm -hmm. and it's a very lonely. And so when you're in those moments of quiet and stillness and that your brain, you know, we were moving, we're just, so it's not right. physical stillness, but that quiet stillness. Yeah. All that mind drama starts to come up. All of that self-doubt, all of that, who are you to do this? Why are you doing this? This is crazy. You're nuts. Yeah. All of those things are kind of going on in your brain. And, um, so that's what it really was. It was really more of kind of that, that mental game, trying to silence all of the noise and really stay focused on the goal. The other thing that is so unique, not necessarily unique specifically to Kilimanjaro, but in this context, um, is that Kilimanjaro, um, when you start out, there is a very real chance that you may not make it to the summit. Mm -hmm. So you are doing this climb knowing that you may not reach that ultimate goal that you've set out to achieve. And so that is also hard to kind of navigate um in your mind as you're kind of putting one foot in front of the other too so yeah kind of more of a mental game <laughs> what i really appreciate that you said was when it comes to marathons the first three to four miles are the hardest part and i feel like it seems like it's such parallel for life or just yeah. obstacles in general like at the beginning that initial trauma feels so difficult to get through and then oftentimes when you're on the other side of it it just seems so much smaller than it did at the outset, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, that is that's a great parallel. I love that. I love that. It's <laughs> I think, so true. I follow these uh, illustrators, Liz and Molly, and they do a lot of like uh, life inspirational illustrations. And I think they have one like that, kind of like before huh. the obstacle. It's like this big boulder, and then after it, it looks like a pebble. You know, so we are we are much more capable of overcoming than maybe we tell ourselves from the outset. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that. when you mentioned, when we talked earlier, you mentioned that your pre-summit life and your post-summit life look very different. So mm-hmm. can you just describe kind of what it looked like before you set off onto this uh, journey. Yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, Mount Kilimanjaro transformed me and it transformed me in ways that I don't know that I could ever fully articulate and offer words for. Mm-hmm. What I will say is that... Um, you know, I, I mentioned I was a, a real goal setter and a real goal getter. And I think what Kilimanjaro taught me was that, and this is kind of my mantra, is that success is not the summit, right? It's about mm. who we are becoming in the journey. And that has really helped me to, as I think about setting goals now, detaching from that outcome and thinking about who am I becoming in that process. So before, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I was, I defined myself by whether or not I met the goal or my title or Mm -hmm. my income. Mm -hmm. So I was doing all of this external validation. And what Kilimanjaro taught me was that that validation does not come from external. It comes from the internal because it was in those deep and dark. And let me tell you, they were dark moments on that mountain where it was like, I really had to dig deep. And be like, Marissa, you you can do this. Like it was like giving myself kind of those those little pep talks. But really, like like I said, when it, detaching from that outcome, because uh, my friend and I that w- that went with me, we really had to have some serious conversations about we're spending all of this time, we're spending all of this money, we're doing all of this preparation and these t- putting time and resources into doing this, and we may get over there and we may not see the top, we may not achieve that. And so mm-hmm. what does that mean? What does that mean about us? And kind of detaching from, that means that we set forth out on a goal and we didn't achieve it. And that doesn't mean that that's, that I'm a failure or that I've done something wrong. It just means I didn't achieve it. Right. You yeah. mentioned earlier, you know, again, back to when you're making the climb or doing a marathon, um, it's a lot of like silencing the noise. Yeah. Um, so it's, again, like so many life parallels. Sometimes there's these expectations of what success looks like, what our goal should be at certain phases of life. I know you said this maybe have been like a midlife crisis situation, (laughs) but when we're seeking that external validation, sometimes it's just a lot of noise, right? And so I like the idea that you said success is not the summit, you know, kind of embracing the journey that you're going on. So I, I really appreciate that thought of yeah, the summit is is the ultimate goal, but yeah. let's not get so focused on that as the North Star that we lose sight of everything around us. And that's a lot of what I do right now with, when I work with clients is helping them to re- redefine success. Because I work with a lot of women like me, like you, we're high performers, we're high achievers, we're goal setters, we go after these big things. And the thing is that when we create these metrics that are outside of us, they're external validations, then the summit keeps moving. And so it's constantly Mm. asking yourself, now what? Okay, now I got this promotion. Now what? Or, you know, I I got this salary. Now what? And it's like that constant moving. And it's like, then you never feel fulfilled and joy and meaning and purpose. And so, 
yeah, when you asked about like, what was my pre-life, you know, pre-summit life, like I was kind of out there, like, who am I? Like, what am I, what am I doing? What is, what does all of this mean? And I think I did a lot of meaning making on that mountain as well. Mm, meaning making. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of gave us a little bit of a background of, of what it was like, but can you give us a little more detail of walking us through the actual climb? You know, how much time it took, some of the obstacles that you may face, you kind of talk about, there were some dark times, yeah. um, you know, the emotional peaks and valleys. Like, can you put, is it possible to put climbing Mount Kilimanjaro into words? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> um, no. Try your best, right? <laughs> it's, it's real. It's not, it's not, it's one of those things where it's like, unless you've experienced it, like, I mean, I can just, mm -hmm. my friend that went with me, I can just look at her. We both just know, like, it was just one of right. those moments. I think the thing that is most profound for me, and I, I should have wrote this down, but I, I kind of alluded to this. I was on the mountain for eight days, eight days. And so I don't know, I, I can't remember exactly what that is in hours and minutes. Mm -hmm. I was on that summit for maybe, let's just say 12 minutes total. Wow. So when you think about it, it's like completely minuscule into the total time that I spent in preparation and journeying towards that summit. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it's crazy. So you start out, I was telling somebody this the other day, you start out pretty much in the rainforest. So you're in this okay. like very hot weather. The trees are very lush. There's lots of rain. It's very muddy. And then you start to climb and it gets very dry. It's a very mm -hmm. dirt <laughs> um, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term. Um, it's just kind of bleak actually. And then mm. when you get to, um, base camp, you start to kind of feel the weather. Like I told her, you know, I tell everybody, I, I had to put on all of the clothes that I brought at mm -hmm. base camp. So everything that I had in my backpack went on. And so you start to kind of feel the cold weather you start to kind of yeah. know that you're moving towards the summit. And then, so from base camp to the summit, we left base camp at around midnight. So you're climbing in pitch black dark. I mean, yeah. there were moments where I like looked up at the sky and I literally thought I was in the sky with the stars because you're so close to it. But you can feel the switchbacks. You can't see them, but you can kind of feel them. And the closer you get to the summit, the thinner the air becomes. Mm -hmm. And it's very cold. Our water froze um, mm -hmm. and our packs. You can hardly breathe. And then you get to 19,000 feet and you think, okay, I've only got 341 feet to go to reach the mm -hmm. summit. That took over an hour, over mm -hmm. an hour to go 341 feet because you are moving so slowly and it is so yeah. cold and your, your breathing is so labored. And that, that was hard. So you're, you're, you're going through all of these kind of like what you're talking about earlier, like about the seasons of life and just kind of right. a big parallel for life. Like you're in this very lush place and then you kind of enter these peaks and valleys of dryness and dry spells. Mm -hmm. And then you get up into these places where it's really cold, where you're heading up towards the summit and kind of where the big light is, I guess. And then you're there <laughs> for a few minutes and you kind of rush down. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I talk about it, I can see the glacier, like you're surrounded at the summit, you're surrounded by ice huge glaciers. And so you're literally walking through a path with glaciers, big chunks of ice on either side of you. Yeah. 
It's amazing. It is it's truly amazing. I don't even know. I don't have the words to explain what it's I kind of like, got yeah. chills a little bit when you're talking about it, you know, especially starting out at midnight when it's pitch black. And I, I can imagine, too, you're away from the city. So, like, the the air is really clean. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have some of the pollution or things that can keep you from seeing the sky. And then, as you mentioned, you're so close to it that, you know, the feeling of feeling like you could reach out and touch a star is just kind of yeah. like wow, like I, can, I can't imagine kind of the literally taking your breath away because of the altitude, yeah. but then also yeah. the emotions of, of what you're seeing. Yeah, it was, it's so funny. The thing that we, uh, we had some amazing guides. We had mm-hmm. these, these men were just so kind and so generous and so thoughtful and yeah. they really helped us to get to the top. But I remember at one point during our trek in the middle of the night, we started singing Christmas songs, you know, and they're singing and their language and we're singing. And, um, (laughs) most of, most of the people were in our group English and it was just, it was, it was so beautiful and so profound, but it was, I mean, you could hear the echo and it was just Mm -hmm. the stillness and the quiet was none like I've ever heard before. And I don't think that I will ever hear again. It was profound. To me, it sounds like a really big metaphor or, or again, like a parallel to being present in the present, Mm, yeah. not just with your surroundings, but the people that you're with. I'm sure some of those people in that group were complete strangers prior to, Mm -hmm. and the bond that you connected with them in that moment, because you're so focused on the fact that we are doing this thing together. So, you know, from a life standpoint, doing life together with those around you, your colleagues, your family, your friends, and being present in the moment with them and not always looking forward to, you know, the summits of life. Um, when you said you were only up there for maybe 12 minutes out of an eight day journey, including, you know, the time up and time down again, like in life, when you reach those milestones of maybe getting a promotion or, you know, a life milestone with your family, you know, having a child or things like that, the joy, the initial joy of reaching that milestone a lot of times it's kind of very short when you have a new baby you're ecstatic because oh my god this beautiful you know i've brought life into the world and then you go home with that baby and real (laughs) life kicks in you know so i i love the thought about like yeah we have all these beautiful moments in life but sometimes they're really brief so how do we Mm -hmm. find contentment in the everyday sometimes it can be monotony yeah yeah and i think that's like I said, that was kind of the huge mindset shift for me is finding that, that joy and that purpose in those Mm -hmm. just, yeah, very minuscule moments and those profound moments that, that change us and transform us. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking about going to Mount Kilimanjaro to, to climb the summit, I've traveled internationally, but it's always been for, you know, fun, touristy things. Can you describe what it's like preparing to pack for this journey, being a tourist, but like not a traditional tourist, you're not going to like see the sights, you're going to have this epic, you know, adventure in front of you. What was that like, you know, as you're preparing and and traveling to get there? Yeah, I love that question. It is is definitely different. It is definitely a different experience. And I think, you know, what we haven't talked about is that Mount Kilimanjaro is very dangerous and it is, um, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of overwhelm and anxiety that goes into preparing for that journey. I did not tell my parents uh, at the time. Oh, wow. I mean, they knew I was going, obviously, but I did not kind of go into like, this could happen while we're on the mountain. 
so yeah, it is like, it is kind of a different, I mean, it's, there was definitely some anxiety um, as we kind mm-hmm. of boarded the plane. Obviously when you travel internationally, you're, you're taking lots of stuff, but yeah. we had to carry, we carried our packs because it was like, if we lose our packs, we can't climb this mountain. So we had pretty much everything in our packs with us on the plane underneath the seat. We actually, we did do the climb and then we did take some time after to, to celebrate and did go right. on safari. So we knew that mm-hmm. there was kind of that carrot dangling in front of us yeah. um, to go mm-hmm. and actually be tourists. But yeah, it is a different feel because you're like, we're going into this for a purpose, um, for yeah. something we don't know the outcome. Um, mm-hmm. we've got, we've got something to do here. So yeah, it's, it was definitely a different feel than a normal, let's go off and, and explore this new country and enjoy mm-hmm. their cuisines and their, you know, their cultures and, and what they have to offer. Definitely a different vibe. Yeah. Uh, dangling the carrot of you know, being able to be a tourist afterwards. But what's interesting is when you talked about knowing going into it, that we may not reach the summit, this is our goal. Yeah. This is what we're trying to attain. But realistically, it's very dangerous. Our bodies mm-hmm. may not tolerate it, and we have to be okay with that fact. So knowing that you have this trip planned, but on the back end, whether you reach the summit or not, you're going to do some fun things. And yes. I think, again, going back to the parallels of life, like even if you don't reach these super high goals or ambitious things that you set for yourself, you can still like celebrate your small wins, celebrate what you have done. Um, even if it's not what you originally set out on doing. Yes. I love that. I love that. I love that (laughs) you keep bringing that back. That's so so rich. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Bringing it back to the work that you do every day with your clients. Yeah. 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 And (laughs) I, I love that. I love that. Well, Marissa, this has been great. Thank you so much for being here. Before we wrap up, I do ask one question to all my guests. And so if you could pick one song to convey the experience, whether it's preparing for the climb, the actual climb, your life after the climb, like just kind of give us what that song would be and why. Yeah. So a couple of reasons. One song that I chose is called Carry Me With You, and it's from Mm. the movie Onward by Brandi Carlisle. And oh, I love that movie. Yes, I know. I know. And part of it is because they're on a journey. They're on a quest for this, this light. And um, they're also um, receiving love and mm. accepting love even when they don't feel like they deserve it. And that was, uh, Kilimanjaro was a, was a dark time for me personally. And so I went yeah. climbing this mountain not knowing what I would find, uh, literally and figuratively, um, on that and also because one of the things that I had my family and friends do when I went to climb the mountain, because you are alone, um, all of my family and friends wrote letters and notes for me to be able mm-hmm. to open up on the mountain. And one of my very dear friends, um, Joseph, he wrote me a letter and he is also a very avid hiker. And mm. um, the word in his letter that he focused on was this word onward. And just talking about like, you may not reach the summit and that's okay. We're going to continue onward. And so I just, that, that song just has such profound meaning for me. And, and right. um, like I said, I love Brandy Carlisle. I think she's amazing and just a gifted musician as well. So yeah. A little plug there that for uh, that movie too. Uh, yeah. Onward is, it's like one of those Disney movies that's 
way more than a kid movie. Like, right? I know. I know. Adults will get a lot out of it. I know. I was like, mm, we have we're gonna have to have a family movie night and watch that um, with my daughter <laughs> so she can be exposed to that. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here, Marissa. Thank Before you. we sign off, let everyone know where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah. So um, my main place is over on LinkedIn and I'm Marissa Wheeling Chesslock over there. And I would love to connect with anybody that, like I said, is kind of craving something more and are ready to stop compromising who they are in the process of that. Awesome. We'll have all of that in the show notes for guests, uh, for listeners to find as well. Uh, but thanks for being here, Marissa. And um, yeah, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. I appreciate this. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Experience Junkies podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify so that other listeners can find the show. Be sure to join our Discord channel. This is a great place for you to give feedback, talk with me, talk with our guests and other listeners, and share your experience junkie tales. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day.